Hello, this is Lewis Michael. And this is Gabrielle Christensen, your co-host. And welcome to the podcast. Super. Have you ever counted up on it? No. You're missing out on so much pain and the best wife who ever. For me, it's just really hard to watch any anime that's not dubbed yet. So normally, when I'm watching animes, because I'm working on my comic books, or so it's kind of hard to be sitting there, you know, reading the subtitles and be drawing at the same time. It's just why we need to eventually learn Japanese. Yeah. Um, last time we talked about um Apple, the Apple event. Yeah. Um, did you hear about TikTok and stuff? Yeah, and the and TikTok. But then there's also the conspiracy that TikTok's actually track tracking sex slavery. I didn't hear that part. But um, well, I thought the reason why it was being banned is because um, it was in the newest what in the upcoming update to um, iOS 14 is that it will tell you when an app or a website or whatever is on your phone or iPad or whatever, if it's tracking you or collecting any data, whatever. And apparently, when you on TikTok, it will um, track your clipboard, which is like you know, you copy a link, and then you go to like to like send it to me. You go to the text menu, right? You gotta put you know, you hold and and it pops up. And like Paste from clipboard. And yeah. Um, they are looking into your clipboard each time you you typing. <laughs> so it's like, why would they need that? I mean, what is for them to have to look into that? Right. Uh, what is the reason? Apparently, the, the reason is because they don't want to get anyone spamming TikTok. I'm like, the whole damn app is a spam. <laughs> <Which> is, <I laughs> that mean, that is the point of the app. <laughs> like, hey, look at me for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's like fine, but I was only for 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had heard a lot of conspiracies about it being the Chinese government tracking your information, accessing your phone. I was like, well, I guess it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. I'm not a top secret agent for the U.S. government. They're just going to look at my stuff and be like, what the fuck's ReZero? Why should you keep talking about it? What is this? And there's like other stuff like that too that happened like, um, I don't know. But yeah, there's a bunch of other apps that being find out that they, you know, looking into this, like, okay, why, you know, and you know, a lot of people that not into Apple kind of gave Apple a lot of shit for that. But you're Apple, like, uh, we're trying to protect your privacy. And the Chinese government is, you know, stealing your stuff, you know, your information. But then again, we love Facebook, too, so why not the Chinese? Right. You'd just be racist not to. <laughs> this is America. It's equal opportunity for all villains. Yeah. I don't know. My phone keeps telling me that there's uh, some kind of app trying to access a secure folder. And every time I go, huh, weird. I wonder what that is. And then keep on going. iPhone, they kind of like, there'll be like the little like location and app 
use your um, location for anything, it will appear up in the top when you your status bar. That's some app. It doesn't tell you exactly what app, but it'll tell you some app did. And I guess now with the um, when iOS 14 comes out, it would tell you exactly what app and exactly what they were. Yeah, that would be really useful, actually. Because there's a difference between McDonald's wanting to know where you're at and Facebook wanting to know where you're at. I just don't know why a lot of these, you know, websites and apps and stuff, and like, need to collect anything. and um, So they can sell you stuff. Mm-hmm. Advertise to you better. I, someone, I saw on YouTube someone did went to the Volange, you know, one of the top tech websites out there. And when they looked at it, they are, there's like 24 um, things tracking you. Hmm. So that they could, you know, put the ads on there so you can go and click on those ads and buy stuff. Yeah, that kind of stuff is really tailored. I remember when I was uh, researching my car to buy it and I typed in what my vehicle was. And next thing I know, when I get on YouTube, one of the ads that popped up is like, thinking about buying this car? Well, did you hear about our car and how it's better and it beats out this car in every way? I'm like, that's creepy. Thanks. No thanks. They was just looking to clipboard, and that's how they knew because he was texting like, "Hey, you know what kind of car should I get? Oh, you should get this car." <laughs> so much better. Text messages. I mean, that would explain how some of the stuff pops up on my YouTube after our conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I didn't think about it. I was just kind of joking. <laughs> I'm <laughs> thinking about like, well, yeah, because I think that happened with the, the Oculus one time. We was talking about the Oculus, and all of a sudden, Oculus, yeah, I got ads for Oculus. I'm like, well, I already got it. Leave me alone. <laughs> Too bad. Or that time we were talking about conspiracy theories, because we had that person outside of our workplace we were both employed at at the time in the black SUV, and we were like, oh, is that the government? Oh, yeah. <laughs> The next thing we know, both of our YouTube start popping up conspiracy theories. I'm like, but mm-hmm. I wasn't even into conspiracy theories at that time, so that was great. Yeah, and it was just weird that the, the black SUV just stood at the end of the driveway, the park, parking lot level. Yeah, that stuff still yeah. happens. Of course, it doesn't happen as often as when we were both working together, so I uh, think they're on, DM Michael. Probably. Men in black showing up my door and dogs barking at me. <laughs> <laughs> and when I go out there, I'm like, no one's there. Apparently they're going to come and get my grandmother too because she was the only one who heard my dog barking last night. You know, it's weird. I never watched Invader Zim. Just, I read the comic book, the uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac Killer, but I've never seen the Invader Zim series. Huh. Here they finally did a finale of it on uh, Netflix. I think it's a long time ago. They did, but apparently they came out with a movie. Netflix had an original movie release this year or last year. Another random thing that popped up on my YouTube. I was like, oh, that's interesting. you never seen it before when it was on TV? No, nope. I mean, I've seen all the pop culture references, and I'm like, well, that's great. Like I said, I read the uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac comic books, but never did get to see Invader Zim, so. Barry Chick, I haven't even loved that show. I know, it was all over Hot Topic for the longest time, especially <laughs> Gurr. I'm like, and I really feel like I should be in love with this show and know everything about it, but I don't. So who's your top waifu? Asuna. <laughs> I'd have to say uh, Rim from ReZero. Or Saber from Fate Zero. Mm. We talked for like two hours before this podcast even started and we had so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of that stuff will be in the news. Yeah, that is the problem. Trying to tiptoe around all that. And I, I do want to let the listeners know that um, you know, there's like a lot of 
geek and gaming stuff that happen events happening right now and like a week ago and stuff you know you had the nintendo direct on like a week ago or so and you had the xbox with the you know comic con and comic con itself going on comic con um, at home yeah normally you know like channels like this you know podcasts like this would be just covering all that stuff you know and, but because this is our second um, podcast and we just and we both work full time and i have a whole bunch of other projects i'm working on we just don't have the time to take off work to watch all that stuff and then write about it and then have you know but eventually in the future like next year's when all this stuff is going on we would be able to actually take some time off and actually do have just a podcast and nothing but you know nothing but about nintendo direct or the xbox event the playstation event you know, comic-con you know, it's just something about a live event where there's actual people there that it's easier to justify being off work to go see it or taking the time to see it or do it i'll be a lot of, a lot of local events that we'd be covering too but yeah, I just want to let everyone know, like, people probably be listening, like, uh, why are they covering that? Every other gaming or geek, you know, podcasts and YouTube channels covering this and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, but we ain't as big as those <laughs> yet. Not as cool. Have pity yeah, on us. One day, maybe, but you know, hopefully soon and stuff. And... Well, when stuff reopens, like, when some more movies and stuff start coming out, we'll probably do reviews on a movie or something. Yeah. As that go, comes along, but... Yeah, because you know, on the way home, I could actually be taking out my laptop and writing in the screen about it while we heading home. Yep. Just an hour and a half away, almost two hours away. Where we go to, yeah, thereabout. Granite Hannibal is just as nice now, that's what... No, it still ain't as big. It doesn't get the grand screen. That's true, it doesn't yet. Yeah. It was it's just so weird watching the Rise of Skywalker on, on that because we had the seats that very close to where we saw we would have said you know you know in the middle right there in the middle and it just was so different because it was just so small <laughs> I'm like wait what I forgot about these <laughs> small holes like poor people <laughs> movie theaters I'm not rich enough to go to the IMAX <laughs> yeah so I get the grand screen ones so halfway through. I mean, one these days, those are big dreams, right? Just be like, yeah, I'm going to go to the IMAX theater every mm-hmm. time. If theaters even are open, I suppose they are where we're at, right? Have opened back up? No. No. I was looking at um one of the movies we will be talking about later on. Yeah. I see about in that because I would like to go see that. But it still hasn't, but there's no dates for any movies whatsoever yet. That'd be really awkward if someone stole your seat in this kind of environment where you have to be a seat away. Everyone has their own seat. You always end up getting your seat stolen. Yeah. Next time, I'm, I'm willing to say something. It kind of pissed me off last time. Because the, the guy went and got the man drunk. And the manager kind of was rude to me. Because you guys was gone. Yeah, we're doing the chick thing of going to the bathroom right yeah, when we get to so the theater. Just me and Josh sitting there. And, and he got in front of us. And he started kind of one, two, three, four, five. You all should need, need to be down there. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. And, you know, he's talking to the other, the guys that say like, people get crazy when you know it's Star Wars and stuff. I'm, like, I'm sorry, but these are our tickets, and it does says right here you know, the numbers on the not the seats says this. And he's like, no, we counted. It's one, two, three, four. And I'm like, oh well, your numbers on the seats are wrong then. Yep. 
freeway accounting. Man, that it does suck. He was lucky your sister wasn't out there. Cause she probably could have rang him a new one. Yeah, but until that one was still pissed me off. <laughs> no one was in the the theater halls, and they still like the whole. It was <laughs> well, it was like ten people all together, and yeah, and the two people who was there still are seats. <laughs> like what the? It'd be really great if it was still the same people too. Yeah, um, go back to the Apple. Yeah, um, I told you about this. They they taking out the charger block. Yeah. Um, they keeping the the cord part in there. They are taking out the, the thing that the block that you put into the wall. I guess <laughs> like you said yourself, like oh now every phone company going to do that. And like a week after that, we got reports of Samsung be doing the same <laughs> thing. And, like I guess kind of makes sense because like I got thousands of wall charge ones the block parts and, and i mean i got thousands of the cord parts too because they always buy a lot of them well and some uh, extension uh charging blocks now extension cords will have a usb plug-in on them so you can plug directly into the charging station instead of having to have a block Still sucks though. Yeah, because like, um, apparently the reason why they're doing this is because um, 5G is so expensive that, you know, this iPhone is going to be way too expensive one, one way other one. Then you, you add in that, which is going to be even, make it even more expensive. And, you know, and I guess that's why that the Note that just came out, the Note 20 Ultra or something like that, was so expensive because it was 5G. But the Apple has taken out the charger block and the headphones, the earphones, and to make it less cheap onto them. But I'm shown, as I saw one YouTuber talking about it, like Apple going to do some bullshit, how it's eco-friendly, now you don't have as much waste and stuff. And Even though now it's going to be packaged separately, so then you're going to go to the store, and then you're going to have more plastic <laughs> to package those items. Well, they already had you know, them at the stores anyways. Yeah, true enough. You know, so. But that's be Apple's, um, you know, pitch is why they doing it. But apparently they only gonna be like save you fifty bucks from it, and it's like okay, you think people really gonna you know cry over fifty bucks extra? You, you know? Yeah. It's like, We're getting that stuff. I think it's just a way to inflate price artificially because now they can be like, oh, well, buying the wall charge isn't usually the wall charger and everything else is kind of expensive. Anywho, to go out and buy because I, I mean, it's like fifty dollars. Yeah, for it to get an official one. Now, if you're my mom, you just go buy chargers that light up in different colors. And I'm she saying they're gaming. going, that voids the warranty, though. Got the gaming ones that is RPG. RPG, but RBG. Yeah. Well, you did say gaming ones, so yeah, role playing courts. Yeah, but the lights that we see gaming yeah. PCs, those are RBG, red, blue, green. green. All I think of when you say that is work. Yeah. Well, I sent the files in RPG again instead of CMYK. Shit. I don't know why <laughs> newspapers do that or anyone do that because it's literally easy. You just go up to edit mode CYMK and then you do it like that. <laughs> but no, they had to do it all in RBG and then so, you know, like me and, you know, Charlie and Nick. Yep. 
I had to go in there, takes the actual 20 minutes, or whatever it is, I think it was, they had to do it a lot longer because they had to do it for press because it's yeah. a lot longer process for them because they had to do it for press, but with me didn't, with the digital machine didn't take, it wouldn't take me all that long, but. It also wasn't but, too much of a game breaker if you miss something either because yeah. the digital machines wouldn't really, the color would just be off and we'd catch it on the first one and be like, okay, well. Mm. Now that newspapers can't even send PDF files now, they send them in uh, sometimes at TIFF files that's been coming in. Like they'll have five pages in PDF and then they'll have one that's in like a TIFF file. It's like, why? Is it a lot of paper, like pictures in that specific file? I don't know. It's just what they complain about, that they'll have all the other pages in PDF, but then they'll just send one over as a TIFF file. And it's like, why? Why do you do it? Because we'll fix it for them so they don't have to worry about it. I remember Charlie, and I remember um, Jerry talking about this too, that how they had to hold their hands, the newspaper people, to tell them how to do the doll job. And it's like, well, that's not really our job. You should be doing this part. <laughs> and like telling the news, newspa- newspaper people, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because in the end, we do it anyway. So. Have you ever played a dating game? Like one of those dating games online? Like, online? Uh, yeah, like, or not necessarily online, but like an app, like a role playing game, flash game. Music grounds. <laughs> I, I should tell you why I can't talk about it. <laughs> I mean, though Tommy games are kind of that bad, I'm pretty sure Obey Me's great. Just, just gonna throw that out there for our our uh, female listener listeners, since apparently that's all it listens to our podcast anyway. Is all the chickies? Well, actually, I looked at it the other day, and it now shows three <laughs> guys and, and the rest of all, all chicks. Yeah. Well, for all my girls out there, then, uh, yeah, obey me. That's a great app. That's a great dating game. And for all the dudes who are into dudes, that's a great dating game. I'm not really playing any games on my phone because I'm not an actual gamer. I don't actually do games. <laughs> I play on actual things. It is a but dark spiral, I'll tell you that, because uh, I was trying to beat Dark Souls and I'm no farther than I was because I was like, but this one has a hot demon on it that wants to date me. Why would I do? That one just wants to kill me. I'm just going to play my game on my phone now. Mm. Although, funny story about that, this game apparently, if you have your notifications on, and you actually have your notification sound on, voice actors for the game will start talking. And it's all in Japanese, but when you get a notification for it, they'll start talking. I was in a meeting one day with my manager, my general manager, and my office manager, and we're talking about something pretty serious, and all of a sudden, the game just blurts out some random line really loud, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> ah, that was great. Really great, because my general manager thought it was my office manager's phone, too, so she was confused. Do you think it's going to the topic now? That sounds like a great idea, man. All right, let's go to topic. topic today is Nintendo Switch Pro. The rumor, the legend. Yeah. So back in 2018, there was rumors that Nintendo Switch was going to be making a more 
power phone switch. Right. Nothing has been official from Nintendo yet, but you know, there's so many things that has there was no rumors or um, pre-announcements for, and then they just out of nowhere release it. Like the Paper Mario game that just came out, or the um, Nintendo Direct um, event. There was rumors, you know, but there was nothing official until the day it released. And, <laughs> many other things like um there was some animal crossing stuff yeah there was nothing about that and then they just released it like whoa why did you try to be so secretive about it well sometimes secrecy like that will breed a lot of news press something happens all of a sudden it's uh kind of like it being an exclusive club no one names yeah and but um now nintendo didn't um, state that there will be no new consoles out in 2020. It could be because of the coronavirus and stuff. And, but it has been putting rumors out there make people believe that it might still be a Nintendo Switch Pro might be still coming. Well, Nintendo also likes to kind of beat to their own drum and not necessarily release like Xbox and PlayStation like to release consoles on the same day, same year, newest thing. Ooh, well, at least them at the same time, Nintendo just likes to do its own thing. Yeah, well, it's just kind of like that Nintendo Switch Lite. Like, there was some rumors about it, but just out of the blue, boom, Nintendo Switch Lite. Like, huh, cool. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's t- this rumor started way back in a Wall Street Journal article way back in 2018. Claimed that Nintendo was working on two Switch devices. And, of course, then that thought that one of them will be more powerful um, switch that they are now calling the internet is calling nintendo switch Pro. now since this art came out nintendo has um did an upgraded new switch the regular switch and did do the switch light as we were saying that you know because of the being so secretive there still could be possibly a nintendo switch Pro still in the making maybe next year hopefully yeah everything going on that would make the most sense uh but like later we'll talk about the new consoles coming out you'll get a lot of new game releases with those so it make more sense for nintendo hold off till maybe the middle of next year and be like hey guys we got this new console and we have everything optimized to go on it i think um, nintendo switch came out before xbox one and playstation 4 how many years ago like 2014 they started coming out so maybe this time xbox playstation trying to beat them to the punch this time you know releasing it before nintendo released all those things even still nowadays nintendo still puts out and the console is still way up there i mean so nintendo does do a good job just making everything uh fun for the whole family still inclusive which was the whole gimmick with the switch is to take that with you and have it so your family and friends could play on it. The Wall Street Journal, they reported that Sharp will be supplying IGZO display panels for Nintendo's new gaming device. These panels are great for the Switch given that they will offer high revolutions and a small form factor and consume a lot less energy, offering the Switch a lot better battery life. So just for a comparison's sake, uh, right now, the Nintendo Switch has a display of 1280 by 720 handheld mode, which was better than like the PlayStation Portable display, which was a 480 by 272. But in dock mode, it only gets up to a 1080p, which is comparable to like PlayStation Slim um, in your Xbox S series or the whatever that was. It was a simpler version of your Xbox. Um, those both had a maximum output of a 1080p, where you really get your 
difference, like for your graphics and stuff. Your Nintendo Switch, as it stands now, only has a 768 uh, turnover rate per second in the millions. Um, your PlayStation Slim has about an 800 turnover rate in the millions per second. And then when you go up to your PlayStation Pro, not only can that play in a 4K format, but it also has a 911 million turnover rates per second for your graphics. And then there's probably also a lot of other hardware stuff when you're looking at your PlayStation and your Xbox that is far superior power-wise than the Nintendo Switch or the Nintendo Switch Lite, of course, that we have right now. So really, they're lagging so far behind now to really the old generation consoles because we're coming back to that cycle again where PlayStation and the Xbox will be coming out with their newest models that Nintendo's really does need to kind of step up their game and come out with something different. Back in January, Taiwan tech newspaper Beijing Times reported production for a new Nintendo Switch will start at the beginning of 2020 and will be released in the middle of the year. Unfortunately, we didn't see any new Switch device from Nintendo this year. However, it was reported because of the pandemic, there had been production issues. But hopefully, we'll be able to see the release of the Nintendo Switch Pro in 2021. So, um, here's my um, kind of wish list I would like to see with the Nintendo Switch um, Pro. Um, console only. I want it to be not handheld and just be just like Xbox and PlayStation. Um, I, they could still do the handheld ones and still actually have all three of them. The Nintendo Switch Lite, the Nintendo Switch, and the Nintendo Switch Pro. It would actually be one of the consoles too that wouldn't annoy me because I always hate it when you'll have your regular PlayStation come out and then maybe a year later they'll be like, but here's the Pro version. Get this one it's so much more powerful it would make sense for nintendo switch to have those various options mm -hmm. for a change so that way you can play pretty much the way you want if you're more of a casual player who likes pokemon a lot then maybe you just want nintendo switch Lite. yeah and then like say you're you know kind of more of a hardcore but you don't have enough money for pro then the regular nintendo switch would be great and give you best of both worlds or you know give you best bang for your buck and still make nintendo switch itself it would keep its gimmick and stay kind of that friendly version too where you can take it out and play with your friends and stuff kind of like the original commercials advertised yeah and with the and you got the uh, nintendo switch pro which would be the, for the hardcore gamers but um, i could see still them having a sensor on the console and you can use the um the joysticks like you would with the switch you can switch off switch them out or you can still do that but you wouldn't be able to take it you know wouldn't be handheld and really what they could do is they could if they wanted to ever do something like they had a game where they logged your steps or something to unlock something in the game and that's part of having the handheld switch they could make it to where their consoles kind of interact so if somebody wanted a nintendo switch pro and they could also get a nintendo switch Lite and take the light with them mm -hmm. and do whatever kind of bonus would be for playing on the go and then come back and have that information communicate with the pro console so you can log all those achievements. Yeah, I think um, like the hardcore gamers and um, like definitely Nintendo fanboys will definitely do that option. Have the Nintendo Switch Pro as the main gaming device you know, at home, you know, hooked up to the TV and everything. But we'll have a Nintendo Switch Lite to have so that when they are away from home, I 
and I can so see why people are doing that. And I, if I would have the money, okay, I would do that. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Nintendo just needs to hurry up and uh, take our money. Yeah. We're ready to throw it at them. Mm-hmm. I love Nintendo Switch. Um, really, out of three, that's probably my favorite one. Even though I actually don't play it as much as the other two, as the Xbox and PlayStation. But just the idea that, you know, from the commercial, you know, he was playing, you know, the console vault, you know, the dock version of Skyrim. He's on a couch and you got the um, the pro control and playing it. And then he gets up and takes the Switch out of the dock mode and now he's in handheld and he's walking down the street and stuff playing Skyrim. He's like, how many times would I would love to do that? And then, but, um. Well, it even kind of goes back to uh, what I was saying earlier about being more of a casual gamer and liking Pokemon. I'm pretty sure Let's Go Eevee had, uh, and Pikachu had that kind of crossover with uh, the Pokemon Go. And that was something I heard theorized on YouTube is that the way Nintendo Switch would go is to have more of that go outside and log your steps and stuff and have achievements unlocked and that kind of thing that you know really that's would make them more unique than your other gaming consoles as long as you had the graphics back it up pokemon doesn't really matter but Um, also like i don't think you actually said this in the podcast but you're talking about the nintendo um wii that um you know one thing i kind of did not like about the switch was like it didn't have that family thing no you you said that Nintendo was always about family um, games. Nintendo Switch, like with the Nintendo Wii, my family always played like the Wii Sports, right? Um, and Mark Mario Mar- Mario Party and stuff, and, and like even you know, like my uncle or my dad who don't really play games really at all, or my aunt, but they was there. They are up there, you know, playing tennis or bowling or you know doing the Mar- Mario Party, you know. So like to me like like it's had nothing to do I guess not to do with the pro but you know this kind of go back to where I was saying that they could still have the joysticks with the sensors with the console you know the pro Nintendo Switch Pro you know and give that family thing back to you know the, you, you saying that it's kind of gonna send me off into a tangent uh, really good at doing that but the last time that you yourself had an experience with your family playing something that was with your VR headset correct. That everyone was checking it out because of the uh, the Darth Vader yeah. games that came out. So I mean, VR would be something for Nintendo to look into as well. I, I would say. That. <laughs> I would love. Ah. <laughs> yeah, that was way back in the day where VR wasn't even thought of. Yeah, you know, it was only something in Star Trek. <laughs> but, um, but now, like, yeah, they should make some games that more family thing. They do have Mario Party and stuff, but they're just not. To me, they kind of lost that part because they was trying with Nintendo Switch, like in that commercial, they was trying to get the um, you know, the hardcore pro gamers type. You know, they're playing Skyrim. Back then, Skyrim was like, the, you know, the best game ever, you know, or the biggest game ever. Well, it still is, but you know that was a big thing, and but it still doesn't really have the hardware to really back it up. Now having it as console only, you know, and make it much bigger than what the Switch is now. Dock, right? You can add more um, the hardware that needed to be more on par with the Xbox, PlayStation. You have a small little handheld device ain't gonna be as powerful no matter what as it's you know a device that's you know big as a box you know yeah like the xbox playstation definitely not right now especially so it would be and like i said it's a good gimmick to get more money is to have 
a game where you do have some kind of walking achievement or some kind of timed achievement where yeah, kind of like my um, dating games that you log in every once in a while and you get more achievements or I guess any kind of game that you play on your phone where the more you log in the more achievements or you get more AP or anything else play it if they went that direction and then they could both market the hardcore console version and then you could have your light on the side and it would really get people to buy both mm-hmm. like you're saying have the best of the both worlds if they communicated with each other yeah mm-hmm. a lot of games like you know, they do a lot with um you know cloud and stuff so you know, they you know when you go to the different like your phone and play your game off your phone that's something they've been, you know, especially Xbox or Project Cloud X or something like that. They want to do something like that where you can play it you know, on your Xbox and leave and you can play on your phone. That makes sense because they do have Microsoft phones. I'm guessing PlayStation would probably yeah. team up with, no? No, the Windows phones are long gone. They destroyed uh, that a long time ago. Did they? Yeah. I've lived back in 2006, man. Don't worry about it. I'm really a time traveler, guys. So you that old lady from the um, Charlie Chaplin movie where she can see her on the phone? Mm. Yeah, Charlie Chaplin's from way back in the silent movie. You're not supposed to be talking about that, Michael. You're not supposed to expose my secrets. Uh, another thing I'd like to see on my wish list for the Nintendo Switch Pro is 4K Revolution. We talked about all y'all saying, you know, that it's only when it's docked in the dock mode or, you know, or closest thing we're going to get to a console mode is um, 1080p. And it's just like now with um, the Xbox Series X and um, the PlayStation 5 coming out very soon, they're going to be, be pushing up to 8, 8k with um the nintendo switch and having it console only and be able to put in more powerful hardware and stuff into it would be able they should be able to do 4k at least and i think that would be you know all right for now though to still be kind of up there with to complete with the newest generation of consoles x i'm not sure I mean, definitely need at least 4K, like you're saying. But I'll have to go right out of the gate running. So that's also a way to get more money later is two years down the line, just be like Xbox and PlayStation. Hey guys, look at this new console we have. It's got improved graphics. I spent another $200 on it though, plus the original price. Another thing I would like to see, and it's not necessarily a, like a pro thing or anything. I'd just like to see this on any Switch really, but Bluetooth. It does have Bluetooth on there, but only to be connected store cons and the, and the nintendo um, control ones so that's about it and actually like wireless headphones or anything like that unless you get some buy some crappy adapter and then i do all that stuff and then worry about voiding your warranty and breaking your machine and see so many like youtube ones and stuff like just like i, I just want to connect my airpods i have my <laughs> airpods to it that's all like, yeah that's something that i think they really need to look into and do something and then um, my final wish list is triple a game now games like um legend of zelda breath of the wild is one of the best looking games out there and, and probably would be um considered a triple a game but um a lot of the actual triple a games that are Reported to Switch like Skyrim or The Witcher 3 are very, very toned down and 
optimized to be able to run on the Nintendo Switch because it's not all that powerful enough to really run those. So like I said, the console-like you know, device that is much bigger will be able to put in much more powerful processors, graphic cards, and all those fun things we have in you know, Xbox and PlayStation will be able to you know, run on these AAA games you know, much better. And if you know, hardcore, there'd be more hardcore gamers wanting to play on you know on Nintendo. I think it would be just a great way for. I mean, Nintendo's always seems to really allow for a lot of creativities with their games and their game developments. It just seems like they always get some pretty quirky games out there. So a more powerful console would, I mean, I would kill for a Legend of Zelda game that was kind of like a build your own character adventure in truly open world. That would be awesome to see on a Nintendo Switch. Breath of the Wild is open world, right? Yeah, it is open world, but like a truly, it's vastly open. I guess you can technically do whatever you want to in the Breath of the Wild. Yeah. But like I said, that's like one of the only like triple A actual Nintendo games out there though. I mean, um, I think um, Mario Odyssey is kind of like has an open world type of thing going on. But um, I think it's that was more kind of like um, Mario 64 where you go into the door and then you go into a different world. Yeah. But it's not necessarily open world, but I mean, it's still like you have all these different big levels that you can go through and uh, I haven't played it actually, but mario odyssey but yeah i think it just it would give more game get more games there for you know nintendo and um, and they wouldn't have to optimize it so heavily to be able to run on on it but yeah it like the nintendo Lite and um, the regular nintendo switch they won't be as powerful as the pro version but you know still be able to play it maybe not as good but it's kind of like with computers like yeah you can have photoshop running on your macbook air but it would run even better on a macbook pro because it is more powerful the conclusion is that nintendo needs to release a nintendo switch pro to compete with competitors of uh, microsoft and sony's consoles Switch would never be as powerful as as them, but it would bring a lot more hardcore gamers and triple A games, and so it's a win-win situation, really. I think. I think it would be. Like I said, I think they have a lot of ways to uh, take our money, but. As far as that goes, there hasn't really been any news on that, but I do have a lot of news for you today. If you'd like to go ahead and get to that section, let's do the news. So. The new Xbox Series X and the PS5 will be released this year during Thanksgiving. Uh, kind of towards Black Friday. Ooh. Yeah. Just not Nintendo Switch Pro. No. No, of course not. Nintendo Switch has got to come out in uh, off-season, you know. So that way next year when the Xbox Series X is like, hey, we have the Xbox Series X Extreme. Get it. It's the more powerful version. And then PlayStation 5's like, oh, that's weird. And they're like, now nah, we had the PlayStation 5 Pro, your mom. It's also coming out there in Thanksgiving. One thing I have hung with the Xbox Series X is it will be a um, cheap on less powerful version coming out later on. The Project Lockhart, I think it's called. They get really creative with these names. Yeah. Although I don't hate that name so much. That's an interesting. I, won't. I doubt it would be the actual name. They always do that in Project blah blah. Like, I think Microsoft um, Surface. Um, like yeah, what was it like project constellations or something like that i mean i guess i guess that's a common thing because paramore when they were doing a new album they called it the project pt cruiser because they really like pt cruisers so when the album finally came out 
the label shape was in the shape of a PT Cruiser. Yeah, movies do that too when they, I mean, they will um, not call it Star Wars, you know, like Blue Harvest. They wouldn't actually call it Star Wars, they called it Blue Harvest. And they it's just what the Illuminati wants you to think. I mean, The Last Jedi was Space Bears. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I think The Rise of Skywalker was Black Diamond. Man, you know those? Can't quite remember what was um, Force Awakens. Because Space Bear sounds like a better movie. The Last Jedi. Just suddenly, everyone turns into a giant space bear. How do we deal with the situation? They eat people. They did eat people in the TV movies of the Ewoks. I'm sure there was one of them eating somebody. Yeah, they had someone tied up to a stake or something in the background, cooking, I think. Return of the Jedi, they just going to be eating them. But I think in one of the, the um, Ewoks movies that came out, TV movies, I think that this show them eating I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, meat is meat. As long as the Ewoks don't eat each other, they're civil. Well, with the new Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 coming now, do you think Ghost of Tsushima will get a second? Seems like everyone really loved that game. So far, it's got uh, critical acclaim, and all the gamers seem to love it. There's like a select few people who despise it, even though people in Japan really love it. So mm -hmm. they just like to complain. I mean, they even have an awesome feature in there where they do a callback to uh, Akira Kurosawa, the gentleman who created a lot of amazing samurai movies and inspired a lot of westerns, which is really entertaining to me. It's like in that Japan, like in Japan, and I think it's getting to a point here too. Is they completely sold out of the game. Like I don't know if they like they couldn't deduce a lot of it because of you know the pandemic or whatever, but or they just didn't think it was going to be that good. But you know, a big hit. I mean, I'm not always too up on the newest releases and stuff but i didn't even hear much fanfare going on about this game coming out or anything yeah, there was hardly any marketing for this and but yet it's quickly become one of the highest grossing you know games of this year and like um i hung that it surpassed the, the last of us part two which was <laughs> the highest grossing game so far this year well since this one actually has gamer acclaim behind it you know unlike the last of us part two that makes sense. And it is always interesting to me how uh, Westerns, especially a lot of the stylizations from Westerns, comes from the Japanese cinema. You know, that the whole samurai and those old black and white movies, especially like The Magnificent Seven, was uh, a callback to one of Akira Kozawa's films. Um, and the man who scored a lot of those movies and has been somebody who really has a large touch on the modern cinema and scoring process in general. Unfortunately, passed away July 6th, uh, 2020. Of course, that man was, and forgive me for butchering this if I do, Inawa Morikuni. Ino Morikuni. Um, he passed away at the age of 91 in Rome. He, uh, you know, he was noted to have scored over 20 tracks a year. He was just a very hardworking man. Um, he has left his wife. Maria Trevia behind with their four children, their four grandchildren. And that's always a hard thing to lose somebody because they were married for a very long time. It's his only wife, and it's hard to lose somebody like that when you spend so much time with them. So. Yeah, he was, was one of my favorite com own composers out there. Very sad. Yeah, it truly is. Um, you know, there's a lot of movies and stuff that are going to be coming out that are probably going to pay homage to him. And that, um, did you get to catch up with the IGN 
channel did a on youtube they had a panel for the comic-con at home with the new mutants they finally have a set release time of august 28th 2020 although the movie has been unfortunately canceled and pushed back several times and right now with the pandemic and everything going on it's kind of in the air if that's still going to happen but they're hopeful for it too i didn't actually watch it but i found that um the cast and stuff and like made make fun of it about the release dates and stuff being delayed all the time like like i remember this thing like keep like it must have been like a good two years ago i i believe when it actually supposed to come out and like it just it disappear and then like you hear something oh yeah it's gonna finally come out you know and then nothing and then disappears again and it comes back out like oh yeah and like then Disney bought out Fox, and then it's like, oh, what are they, what are they going to do with it? And it sounds like, though, in this time, because the uh, director of the film, watching that YouTube video, they actually showed the opening scene. They said as a gift to us, since we had to wait so long, but they showed the opening. I think it was probably about a good three or four minutes, and it seemed pretty interesting. It really reminded me of a classic horror movie. Yeah, the the comics that they basing it off is more much more darker and have a horror theme to it. It's always I think horror and tragedy lead themselves to the most impactful stories. So I know also they talked a lot about the Blu ray extras. Like they even talked about having a basketball scene in a Blu ray extras of everyone playing basketball together and talking. So it sounds like at least with the delayed time they might have a lot of extras little special features or something on the blu-ray disc when they finally come out like audio commentaries well and, and just special features audio commentaries behind the scene clips bloopers like i said they have a whole scene of the cast playing basketball they put in there apparently did they actually say audio commentary no they didn't actually say audio commentaries to my knowledge hmm. it would be weird though to have extras like a basketball scene but not put in an audio commentary a lot of these people from Hollywood, they have anxieties and don't like to work around people, be around people. So they don't like to do stuff like that. I just want to hear some, one director saying something like that or like that's why he doesn't do it. It's like, or actual saying that, like, oh, I'm, I don't like being around a lot of people. I'm like, well, you really got the right job for, for being someone that don't like being around a bunch of people. Although in this day and age where you can record things, couldn't they just sync up the audio and have them talk in different areas actors are weird people in general are just weird yes that's what yeah, makes the world go around because of the delays and stuff of this movie um i'm not gonna believe it till the day i'm actually at the movie theater sitting down and the title set actually pops up and says new mutants i will not believe this movie is coming out till i see that when you're sitting in a theater beside the seat you're supposed to sit in because the same guy showed up and took your seat again well, a movie that eventually might come out into theaters, although there's no set date on it. Uh, in an interview with Pro Bible, the Russo brothers dropped hints that the next big MCU project they wanted to do was The Secret Wars. Although apparently they've been dropping hints about wanting to do this for a long time. Kind of been their ultimate goal in taking on the MCU, but there's not really any set timeline of when that'll happen. And really, the article I was reading on it was talking about how it'd be better served to be out in the future so they could do some more world building with the phase four of the MCU. Especially since, I mean, hopefully we'll get some darker stories. I just, I'm a sucker for tragedy. The Secret War comics, I believe that a lot of that has like the Fantastic Four and the X-Men in it. Yeah. So I mean, they 
probably have to do the Fantastic Disney, you know, Marvel, Fantastic Four, and X-Men movies. I mean... can really do a Secret War storyline. If we could actually get a good Fantastic Four movie, that'd be good. They seem to be picking people who are pretty competent. Um, what is closer at hand is the Doctor Strange in the multi- Multiverse of Madness movie is set to release in March 20th, 2022. Uh... Which, that's really kind of barring any pandemic delays going on. Because still, with Hollywood shut down, it's, it would be kind of hard to get everyone together and film and finalize stuff, I imagine. Because they're talking about Mr. Chiwetel Ejiofor, and I am so sorry if I uh, butchered that gentleman's name. Returning as Baron Mordo. Maybe it's probably a secondary antagonist in the movie. Might even flip it and be a protagonist, you never know. They kind of disappeared to the beyond last time, and with the movie's title, it kind of reminds me of uh, um, Lovecraftian, you know, yeah. the Mountain of Madness type deal, that they might be trying to team up to battle some kind of bigger enemy. And I know in the uh, Multiverse of Madness, they're supposed to have a lot of to do with uh, Scarlet Witch, which is going to be interesting because her little series, miniseries that she'll be having coming out, uh, will actually be set to start December 2020 on Disney Plus is the WandaVision, which is supposed to be about her and Vision having an ideal life and then kind of figuring out something weird is going on. Yeah, in some of the um, teaser pictures we have seen, it shows them in different timelines, like ones from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. So this could go to the multiverse of madness and going through different times and stuff. So I think that's going to be one thing that's going to be connecting it to. I think um, a lot of people think that you were saying who was going to be the, if you would be the main villain or secondary. One villain may be um, Loki because he's still the, um, Tesseract, yeah, the end game, and they went back, and so they believe that he is you know, messing up with like time and season stuff. Really, is the god of mischief we're supposed to be? So, and I know we had talked kind of before about how I was all in for Doctor Strange being super dark and being like a really horror gritty movie and a reboot, but uh, we didn't necessarily think that would happen. I kind of see where you're going with because Hellstrom, the series that's going to be releasing October 16th, 2020. Um, is going to be so dark that Disney actually wants Marvel Comics to remove their logoing from it. I guess kind of in a way so that young audiences don't just like have a full Marvel access to something and go, oh, okay, I'll watch this, even though really their parents should be there and they should have some kind of age restrictions like they usually do on any kind of streaming service. So honestly, if something's already rated R, it probably shouldn't be somewhere where a kid can get access to it. My thing is, it's just that, you know, when we went to go see the Avengers or the X-Men, Star Wars, how many kids did you see there? I saw a lot of adult children. A lot of adult children. But yeah, as far as like little, little kids, yeah, yeah, I see more little kids at a screening of it than I do. It's I me mean, nowadays. It's this is why I have always had a thing against Marvel was that we all grown up. We, we don't need the whole you know like the campy um, superheroes anymore. Like you know like stay in school kids and remember always eat your vegetables while I'm out up up and away. You know after he the superhero saved a cat from the tree. You know that's how it was. Yeah. You know but you know the we the the fans grew up and I think the comic book industry 
the actual comic books and the movies all grown up too so i think it's time to like um yeah keep it where you know kids could watch it but um you know i, I think more about um christopher nolan's bat batman trilogy you know like Dark Knight, you know, that was pretty close to being rated R, you know, but it wasn't, and yet it was like PG-13, pretty hard PG-13, but it just, me and, and like, um, you know, talking about Dark Doctor Strange there, and the original Greg John walked away from it because he wanted it to be a dark film, you know, um, film than the Lost movie, but Marvel and Disney said no. That's supposed to be a family friendly, you know, thing. And it's like, well, you know, the kids can continue to watch the little PG, you know, TV shows on, you know, Disney Plus. You know, but let us, the fans, actual fans that grew up with it, you know, watch our stuff at theaters. And you can make it where it, it could let kids watch it. But the only thing, bad thing is that um parents gonna be dumb because parents went and took their kids to go see Deadpool and like oh well he's a superhero though well first of all he's not really a superhero he's an anti-hero but um Logan you know they all cussing but a lot of you know radar stuff um Watchmen I remember when that came out so many parents were so mad about that movie it's like this is it's rated R did you not read the comics that rated R well it's just like what I was saying earlier that I seen more kids at viewings of like it especially chapter one it's just for some reason it seemed like parents had it in their mind that oh this movie has kids in it it must be for children no 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 it's about a demonic clown that eats kids it's not for children that's i mean you can i grew up in a household which let me watch horrifying scary movies when you're young i think it's kind of a misdemeanor to be Saying that, oh, we're not going to take our kids and have them go watch a movie in theaters that has... Because, I mean, it's not like Doctor Strange is going to have a sex scene in it. It's just going to be probably an abstract horror. Yeah. You know, explore some of the darker themes of humanity and what it means to exist. And stuff really maybe your kids should be exposed to a little bit. But even if they're not, it's a movie, like you were saying. You can choose to not let your kids see a movie. They're probably going to be exposed to that stuff more so watching TV shows. I mean, it's a lot easier to access that stuff nowadays for kids. It's all over the place on the internet. So taking them to see a movie that's a little darker is totally in your control to let them see that or not see that. Yeah. But like when we were younger, watching the original Batman series, that was kind of dark. Yeah. And certainly some of the character designs of some of the characters, especially Scarecrow, had you know the whole thing about nightmares and horrors. That was scary to watch. And some of those things... Were scary to watch, but it was good TV. Yeah, even the character design of the um blade on on design of Scarecrow was straight up like some out of horror um like the first time we've seen him, he just like looks like a typical Scarecrow. But the next one, he like you're not even sure if he is a Scarecrow. He just like was real creepy, mass a hat, you know, like had a noose around his neck and stuff. Yeah, and, you know, had a, this really long dark black trench coat, like like. And I'm trying to think, as far as, like, terror or something can happen to you, what, it wasn't uh, Harvey, but wasn't there another, there's an episode where a guy got turned into a giant clay monster or something like that? Yeah. And he didn't want to be a clay monster, and he didn't know why people were chasing him, and he was going through a difficult time because he was transformed into that, and he didn't want to be that. And it, I mean, that's kind of a weird concept to grasp as a kid, 
I think it makes you a better person to think through it because then you're looking at somebody going, well, it can't really help the fact that they look like that, so maybe don't be so hard on them. And, you know, kind of going, like you said, Ollie, um, fantastic porn. Like, no one seems to be able to make a good one. I think a lot of the reason why, and, like, X-Men is like this, too, is, like, people just, these, you know, like, Disney or, like, executives, movie executives just don't understand the original source, you know? Like, people probably don't know that, like, the X-Men, like, Professor X, was based off of Martha Luther King and Magneto. Malcolm X. Yeah, Malcolm X. And, you know, because of that, you know, them being, you know, discriminated or something that, you know, of don't skin color and stuff and like they just want to be created human you know and that's exactly what x-men was all about you know and and professor x was about like let's you know you know help them you know harmony and peace and stuff where manito was like no we are the the superior race we are the you know we are battling you know yeah these people will never treat us good they never have they never will so why trust them to do change it's a good social commentary that's how you can twist people is if you torment somebody enough because you think they're different then they're going to end up lashing out and that's kind of the problem nowadays even with our pc society is they don't let people really think deeply anymore they kind of make everything a happy fluffy bunnies and clouds and it never rains and everything's fine and you can't get into a deep discussion as to why the atrocities happened and what kind of person can cause those atrocities and how it's really human condition in nature and you have to realize that because if you have your kid and you say oh well you don't really do anything wrong it's fine then they might turn out to be the next hitler you never know yeah i i just don't i think a lot of the executives and stuff just don't understand the source material and they find on fantastic or you know kind of going back to the x-men you know they had the this what was going on with, and with Fantastic or you know, Stan Lee was trying to make him more human, you know, like, no, like, Superman, he just go out there, save the day, nothing, because he's Superman, you know, that's what you're gonna do, Captain America, punch out Hitler, there's nothing wrong with, you know, there's nothing wrong, we don't ever see them having any problems, and, and that's what Stan Lee did with um, Fantastic Four, is like, now, like, okay, here's a comic book where Human Torch had no money for his date. You know, like making it human, making them human, but still being superheroes, though. And I think that, like, Fantastic Four just that was the false step into it. You know, I think that's the kind of reason why we don't have good Fantastic Four movies because it just that was this false time doing something like that. Then you went and did X Men, where it was much better on make trying to make them human, you know, because they are human. It just has no special gifts and stuff. Definitely did a good job doing more like a classical hero idea of. These are people who can do really extraordinary things, but at the end of the day, they're still human. They still have feelings and they still have bad decisions that they make at times and they still have consequences. That's the real thing about X-Men that sets it apart from regular superhero movies is that there's consequences. Like nowadays you have your movies that are kind of more aware of, Hey, we just had a fight in the city and now everyone's dead. That's a bad thing. But X-Men seemed to be the first movie that kind of addressed well, what would these people's lives be if they did have superpowers, but it, out of their control, accidentally caused damages, or even in their control, caused damages? How would society start treating them? You know, a series that did have a good grasp on the original source material, 
That's also going to be coming out on October 16th, 2020. At least in Japan, it's supposed to be. Himetsu no Yaiba, Bangun Train. Love that anime series. If you haven't seen the first season, you should definitely check it out. But Demon Slayer, great anime. Was trending on Twitter for a while during one of the uh, final fight scenes of the season. It's beautifully animated. Uh, Studio Studio Yifutable. They are usually behind the Fate series. They've done just a top-notch job on this anime, really, in the cinema version. Because to me, watching the whole anime itself was almost like watching a cinema-level anime design. So actually seeing it in theaters, I'm sure that that movie is going to be fantastic. Is it dub? Yeah, I don't know if they come out with a dub. I know Funimation has it now, so they might have dubbed it already. Swords? Yeah, lots of swords. But this main character has a sword. It does. Uh, a katana, a special demon slaying katana. And they all have different kind of elemental powers or attributes that go with their swords. I'm looking for a new anime to watch. I can't find none in dubbed. I guess they this in podcast already. Yeah, yeah, because I was hounding you about ReZero, and if you watched it yet, and you're like, well, it's yeah. not dubbed. Well, season one is dubbed, but depending on the source. I'm not sure if you can find Demon Slayer. I know Funimation was advertising it, because I believe Funimation's who teamed up to uh, when kind of this whole pandemic thing sees its course and we can get the Japanese version over here to America, they'll be the one who's at least subbing it for a theatrical release. What was the anime that, like, it was um actually doing the American version, the English boss, so that when they um, release in Japan, then, you know, with the, like, they was recording the English in Japan, of course, acting at the exact same time, so when they release it in Japan, they will be the American version. The English version. I want to say that might have been Funimation with Dragon Ball Super. Yeah, I want to almost say that might have been Funimation with Dragon Ball Super because they they had the original voice acting cast or a lot of the original voice acting cast for Dragon Ball on Z on hand. So I believe for Dragon Ball Super that was airing simulcast or pretty close thereafter. Like if not the same day, like a week after. Yeah, I'm not sure. Kimetsu no Yaiba though, like I said, Demon Slayer. You get a chance to see it. Is what riding a motorcycle and like it runs off the blood of the demon that he slay? No, it's uh. Is that what Josh does? Is that what Josh does? Yeah. When he's not a werewolf princess. He actually takes out werewolves and kills werewolves and demons and with a naga naga. Ah. <laughs> and then he used the blood that from the demons and werewolves he slayed to drive his motorcycle as gasoline to power his motorcycle. Man, I read a. I read a very um, erotic story about that kind of thing once. Um, so uh, it fits Josh's characteristic anyway. Josh, the legend. That's why he can't work at uh, our work anymore because he has three jobs and he also slays demons. And we all know we don't want him going to my place of work and slaying me because he realizes that I am now demonic because I'm a manager. That's usually how that works. You have to trade your soul for your higher power. But yeah, Demon Slayer, like the very ending of the first season, perfect. Like the whole thing just accumulated in perfection. I still want you to see that anime series, so I'm not going to spoil it for you. But it was done a lot better than the ending of the Star Wars trilogy, sequel trilogy, which has ended so badly that there was a rumor going around, uh, probably about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that they were going to try to erase that from the canon. Apparently, they were going to try to use a device introduced in the Star Wars Rebels, which is the Veil of the Force. It was kind of like the Star Wars equivalent of multi-universe. So they were going to say, well, since there's all these different kinds of options and possibilities, 
the sequel trilogy really didn't happen the way it did. Hmm. But those rumors are kind of unfounded, and the source I was reading it from said that the person kind of made a general attack on Catherine Kennedy during the writing. So they kind of doubted that they actually had any kind of knowledge of that, but they were more like wishful thinking. Honestly, if they were going to use the uh, veil of the force to do the multiverse thing, I'm sure they'd probably do it so they could continue the Skywalker bloodline. Since they kind of said, oh no, we're done with Skywalkers, we're going to move on now. That kind of shoots them in the foot. They'll probably use that to get more money out of it. Yeah. One thing, when The Rise of Skywalker, before it came out, one of the rumors was that um, that Ben Solo and Ray hooks, um, you know, now she has his child, and that's how they will continue the Skywalker blood, blood, you know, bloodline. But we never saw that. It was supposed to be a little boy that looked a lot like a young, um, ten-year-old Ben Solo. And he, he, um, you know, Ray is holding a horn, double-bladed um, lightsaber, and he, she gives it him the Skywalker um, lightsaber. To me, they could have easily done what we all wanted, and they didn't. Yeah, they just, they didn't with the whole thing. I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea to do, especially Star Wars Legends. Just just pull the original content out of that, that, what was it, that Rey was going to be Luke's daughter with a Sith Huntress, or at least a, he had a child with a Sith Huntress, so they could make that Rey, and of course, then again, she couldn't get with Ben, because that would be awkward, as they were cousins, but... Unless they wanted to make Ben not a solo. Well, one of the things in that was rumored that what JJ was originally doing with Force Awakens was um, Ray would have been a clone of Luke from his several hand that he got from Vader in episode 6 or 5. Um, the Empire Strikes Back. Um, yeah, so that'd be kind of like his daughter on the side or whatever. And kind of him. So then Ray could have <laughs> Ray could have been Ben's. Uh, uh, could have been his aunt, aunt cousin, cousin aunt. Well, after the Game of Thrones, we don't mind about aunts and nephews, so it's cool. I'm yeah. sure a lot of people would want to see Adam Gyro's butt, just like we got to see Kit Harrington. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. I would have been all right with it. I mean, they could have even stuck with the whole Palpatine thing. I mean, we kind of talked about this before, but they could have had Palpatine be like, oh, but if I put my blood in there, I could control person too so do like a little bit of a palpatine and a skywalker mix for ray wouldn't even have to bring palpatine back you could just argue that when luke got his hand cut off that they brought it back to the ship and palpatine put some of his dna in there to try to experiment try to make the perfect superhuman since they kind of were doing the whole nazi thing with the sith lords anyway yeah i think having in a way bring palpatine back was Mistake, yeah, if they don't erase this, um, one thing I wouldn't hope they do keep is Ben Solo. To me, to me, it's just he should have been the one fighting on Palpatine, he should have been the one who saved the day. You know, like Ray could have been right there helping him, and then she gets knocked out, and then he finishes it. Like the ghost, of course, goes of Anakin and Luke and Leia come back and you know, finish it. So the Skywalkers would have finally finished killing the ultimate bad guy, you know, you know yep. it's like. Um, like we never really truly got to figure out what Kylo Ren meant when he said, "I will finish what you started." Now this could be yeah. what he meant. Like, what if um, you know, he felt that darkness growing. Like he, he felt that there was a dark present growing, and that was Palpatine getting back and you know, his getting back in power and stuff. And 
that's why he kind of went with Snow. So in, in a way that he taught him bad so he can get close to Snow, who he knew that was close to Palatine. Oh, and they didn't even really explain that either. I mean, I like the original fan theory uh, that Snoke was, a, you were telling me about it, was more of a gray Jedi, that he was some ancient primordial being that was kind of neither on totally the dark side or the light side. He didn't believe in either side of the Force. I really would have liked for Snoke to not have died, but just have been solo and him kind of had this understanding that Palpatine was coming back. That would screw up the Force again. So he needed to get rid of Palpatine. So if he had to go on the quote-unquote dark side, just to seem like it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of go back to think of like Harry Potter with Professor Snape. And we all see him in the false couple of movies, you know, we always think, well, he's the bad guy. You know, he's doing this, he's doing that, you know. And we come find out before he died, you know, or we found out, you know, stuff here and there, you know. But especially before he died, he... We found out that no, he really all along he was protecting Harry and his friends. He was um, doing everything he could, but because he was a double agent, he was you know was being forced to spy on Dumbledore by um, Baltimore, and he was being he was spying on Baltimore for Dumbledore. So he had to you know keep up appearances, you know, but he couldn't let you know the Dark Lord figure out what he was doing. Then we find out at the end he was you know was the hero. Yeah. Well, I was kind of hoping to see, like, Kylo Ren, like, went to the dark side and to keep up appearances, you know, to him and the, the uh, Knights Ren, who should have been Luke's other fallen students. That would have been and, poignant, too, if he would have, you know, said that I burned this temple and I killed the students could have meant I killed them in spirit. Maybe, like, he didn't actually kill the, it was just the Knights Ren did it, and then he, um, you know, his little cousin, Ray, you know, to Jakku, because he knew that while being a Skywalker, Snoke or Palatine would want him, you know, just like how they split up Luke and Leia, you know, to protect him from the Emperor. Yeah. He took, he took home to Jakku, and a lot of people did comment about how um, the ship we see leaving home there looked a lot like, like Luke's um, ship or something from Legends. You can't really remember that, but it was like wasn't a bad guy ship. It was that Luke Skywalker ship or something. But yeah, and then you know you come to find out that all this time he was just kind of you know just play the part so he can figure out what you now Palpatine was at, and then you finally finish the job finish what you started and to me i think a lot of people would have liked that a lot better luke would, would never been able to do a lot of stuff without you know leia and han so that's where ray would come in that she right. would have been his you know some emotional support or whatever you know like harry wouldn't have been that like harry potter himself like really wasn't that powerful wizard but you know he had hermione and Ron. Ron and, you know, all his friends helping him. Yeah, that would have been, I mean, that's kind of, like I was going to say, they didn't do much. They kind of finished Poe's arc a little bit, but Finn, they didn't do much with Finn. Like, he could use a lightsaber, and they're just like, yeah, we're just going to drop you. I mean, it would have been awesome if he would have been able to, you know, him and Kylo, especially since he was able to go toe-to-toe a little bit with Kylo in that first episode of the sequel, right? And kind of stave him off for a while. It would have been nice to have them have, kind of have a moment where Kylo's like, you know, you are really good with that if, you know, you had proper training. And then Finn and Kylo kind of go on something, so then Finn could possibly also be a new Jedi. Yeah. 
since he obviously kind of had, because it, it wasn't even throughout the series, he kind of had little inklings of the Force anyway. Yeah. Especially during the first episode. Yeah, the well, Rise of Skywalker, rumors before that came out, it was said that Ray was training him in the ways of the Force and stuff. Yeah. And showing him and, um, and like some, a lot of people say that in that scene where they in this um, quicksand. Yeah. And he's like, Ray, I never told you. And then they all, you know, they was going to say that he was going to say that he had force ability. That could have been the reason. I mean, that could have been what the Empire was doing because we know that there's always Jedi. Well, there's always force sensitive people being born throughout the galaxy. And they have all of the stormtroopers that they said are. Just orphans and blah, 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 uh, which is probably true, but I could also see a large amount of stormtroopers, even though they always had notoriously sucky aim, being force-sensitive children that the Emperor knew was force-sensitive and then had a way to block them from being or had a protocol and a way to train these children up, but also prevent them from fully understanding the force and fully becoming one with the force. Like, I never read the comment or anything, but I remember hearing somewhere that one of the comments about Ben, um, that he was like, when it comes to weaponry and stuff, that he was um, on top of his class when he was in the stormtroop on boot camp. Well, on the training, but he was top of his class. And that's why he was able to build a lightsaber and stuff and was able to pick up on, you know, pick up any you know, weapon he could find. So he could have done something with that. Yeah. Like Ray, you know, the badass Jedi, and the badass weapon, you know, X Bond, then, I mean, Poe, the badass, you know, pilot. Like, that's a good team right there, you know? I mean, aside from the fact, I mean, I guess, then again, that's the Skywalker thing, because they always get to be the badass Jedi weapon master pilot. Yeah. So that's going to say Ray knew how to pilot the Millennium Falcon, I mean, just like that, but then thinking back on it, all Jedi, well, Skywalkers always have that innate flying ability that they're just so great at which is why all being a skywalker made so much more sense than just palpatine that is um one thing i did like about the last jedi that i i'm very surprised that we didn't see this any more than what we did was on um, kylo ren not only was he was you know, a descendant of han solo He's, he's Han Solo's son, you know, the only got Paulson to that could have been better than this, any of the Skywalkers as a pilot, right? I mean, yeah. And then he had that Skywalker um, blood in him, which, I just say, they are the best pilots. Yeah, because we never did get to have a Leia. I mean, that would have been a good character development for Leia, too, is them being like, well, how'd you learn how to fly so well? And be like, oh, from your dad? And be like, oh, no, actually, my mom. To really see her pilot in Imperial Worship, it's terrifying. But, but yeah, that um at the beginning of the Last Jedi, you see Kylo Ren, you know, flying around doing all these really cool spin moves and stuff, and taking out stuff, you know, firing and stuff. But yeah, I thought that was you know pretty cool. And then one thing that Last Jedi did do, wish it was a lot long, wish there was more of it. You know, because like I said, like here's this kid who has his, you know, families are the greatest pilots ever, you know, and he's gonna be. Like, you know, the best pilot in sleep. I don't know. It's really. kind of like what we were complaining about earlier with the X-Men and studio executives not understanding source material. It's kind of like they didn't really take into account all of what would have been going on in Ben Solo's life being raised by both Leia and Han. And then knowing his uncle. Because he had a pretty good life. So they really should have went into that. 
but it went into his childhood which wasn't actually that good because you know Han Solo did abandon him when he was pretty young and then he didn't really grow up with a dad and Leia well, she's a princess a general you know leader of the resistance and rebels what of them and she was never there so he had a pretty lonely childhood did they really go into that in the yeah um I think it was novel okay it was um aftermath like aftermath it was more about princess leia but it talked a lot about you know ben solo's early childhood and i think that's like one reason why he kind of went to the dark side uh, since he had a, this force connection you know he was really powerful with force so he went away with luke you know he was trained by luke and when luke you know taunted on him he felt so alone more alone and kind of go back to like ray being his cousin maybe she was the only one that understood him well since in that theory you would have that well i guess if you're going off the clone theory it wouldn't necessarily be the same but if she was the daughter of a sith huntress and then for whatever reason her mom left and it was just her and her dad like bond over that parent leaving i didn't realize i thought in the movie it was implied that han left after ben turned to the dark side but like i said that would also be the failure on the movie's part to not kind of hit more at the dark facts story yeah, of Ben. Like The Last Jedi, that we, we should have gotten um, both Rey and Kylo's backstory. Because then we would gotten the backstory, like if she was the daughter of Luke, well, we got Luke's backstory. And because of Luke and, you know, well, Kylo Ren being his nephew, we also got even more backstory of Luke. But Luke, you know, we have, like, Snow would then, you know, Luke's Palpatine, like, the one that he has to fight, you know, each hero generation always got their own, you know, villain that they had to fight you know snow could have been that so with we get his backstory from Ray's and kylo's backstory we also get all the backstories and we didn't get nobody's backstory nope he wanted to turn everything on its head and say nothing mattered but i so fault your expectation yep that only i don't know it seems like there could have been a better way to do that other than to me the force awakens started out good enough i actually didn't mind the force awakens and i think it's way better than a lot of people give it credit for i mean i know box office are not everything but the thing is like if you look at the chart the box office chart you would see that the force awakens just kept going up and up and up and up and up and up and it kind of went down towards them it didn't go down kind of hurt levering off where last jedi like the false week it went straight up and then it just went down right and like the force of rise of skywalker it just kind of mm, uh, steady and, well just like with them um, rogue one and solo like you know except for solo solo way down but like rogue one it was kind of like mm, you know it, but if um i strongly believe the force awakens did have an extended hero run it, it would probably be i mean it is up there with um the avengers and um avatar is this like long and overall in the whole world you know avengers avatar and then force awakens but here in united states alone actually the force awakens is the highest grossing film well it's set up so much like you're saying it's set up so much possibility not per se with poe poe is pretty much your by the books great pilot kind of a rogue but like with finn it gave you questions for finn it made you question kylo made you question Rin. you had a lot of things you wanted answers for and you're like boy this is gonna set up so much to you know luke why was luke where he was it had so many things and then with the last jedi i don't it really didn't give you much to question 
it was just like, ah, nothing matters, and now they're they're Luke's dead, and because he overused the Force, that druggy, he's not in the Covenant. Overdose. Man, they could, you know what they could have done too? Ryan could have totally ripped off the Covenant, and every time Luke started using the Force, he could have just got older, and then it just he could have died of old age. You could have seen him like shrivel up like a really a raisin if he was gonna go that route, other than just passing through meditation done one or two things one that he was physically there and actually battle kylo ren kylo ren now because he defeated stoke is more powerful than memoir like luke says like um i saw this power once before it didn't frighten me then it does now like he talked about yeah this raw power you know how powerful um kylo was and then you could have snow He's saying, I saw and knew what every master wanted to see. Untamed, raw power. And then Luke talks about how he had that mighty Skywalker blood. It's all about how powerful Kylo was. And yet, he didn't really see that true power. Like, to me, like, it should have been once he defeated Snoke that he would become even that much more powerful and actually be able to defeat Luke Skywalker. And, and since actually did kill him, physically kill him. Then now we made him into a true villain because Ryan Johnson said, Ryan Johnson just said that he um they had to kill off Snow because we would never take Kylo Ren serious as a true villain. Just like why they had to get rid of Luke because we would never take Rey as a true hero. But they was there and like, no, just make a better story. All right. Kylo and complete. And that would go, still with his you know how i said that um snow and kylo got close to snow so he can get close to palatine now he's like okay started figuring out where he didn't need snow no more so took him out and made a true anti-villain yeah made him into a villain and, well and um, he still wouldn't have been because even when he took out snoke you're kind of like well he was the villain is it that bad to take out the villain i mean it, like i said he could be an anti-hero yeah. and you could have had ray I don't know, you could have had Luke get really mad and take off with Leia somewhere and borrow him from seeing him anymore because he was kind of already a crotchety old man. And that yeah. could have been the way to take Luke out of the story. Or Luke do some kind of weird ritual where he passed on all his power to Rey because he was worried that, you know, Ben was too powerful now and he wasn't taking Ben's side of things. Like you said, if he had the double agent plot that, you know, Ben be like, no, listen, there's somebody even more powerful. You faced him before and him be like, yeah, no, you're lying to me. You're trying to trick me. Like, maybe even have a plot where Ben's trying to get Luke's power, and Luke's like, nah, you're tricking me, man. So then you could have Luke give Rey his abilities, and then have Rey still be the main hero with Luke's abilities, so she could be on par with Ben, Kylo, and then when they both go to face Palpatine, you know, team up that way. My other thing was that, like, yeah, you can do the force projection, and but like, instead of being still on Octu, Luke would be actually at the Millennium Falcon where Ray and Leia's at. He just kills him, and then there, and they're gone. And like, Kylo looks up, and there's a Luke on the like the cliff side or whatever, and, and he's saying, "Go see around, kid." And, and then they they go on to Millennium Falcon and fly off. Yep. A lot better than just yeah just him just dying overdose on the force and like i can see like why some people like like why ryan johnson thought it was a good idea because it kind of goes back to that film school indie thing where like he um paid homage to um escape from la that's what he did was that he was a projection hologram yeah, film school guys, they like stuff like that. But you know, 
this film so <laughs> i mean there's like i said it, it would have been nice to see a president for overusing the force i mean you did have what happened to palpatine using the dark side of the force seems to have a heavy weight on your body so maybe overusing the light side of the force also has because there's not technically a light or dark side well okay it, it contradicts itself on that it's how people use the force so you would think though in the end if the force is still just the force using too much of either side would hurt your body but just to all of a sudden luke not go through any kind of physical really i think he looked uncomfortable but he wasn't going through any physical exhaustion or anything using it so it's just like okay you're in a coma and you need to sleep for a while or your blood trigger dropped too low you you're, you'll be fine to get medical attention no he just died you didn't have yoda explaining what was going to happen or anything it just like like i always said new master 69 on reddit had a better story than these than disney had or kathleen kennedy had i, I do put more blame on holland you know yeah because at the end of the day she's the one who's okay's it and, oh yeah that's fine you can do that the story group is the ones telling Ryan Johnson go for all these crazy things and it's like oh yeah go for it like, wait a minute that contradicts this ah nah go for it and I think Kathleen Kennedy was just trying to do what you know George Lucas did back in the 70s and 80s with the original trilogy you know because like you know George Lucas and like Steven Spielberg very direct on his style or filmmaking style is very similar right Closest thing right now we have to Steven Spielberg, like a young filmmaker, is J.J. Abrams. And then we got um the other director for Empire Strikes Back. I can't even remember his name now. Cash He was actually a, like more of a indie filmmaker, kind of like Ryan Johnson. And but um I think it just went so Ryan Johnson went so too far, you know, with it. And they knew they was originally going to have um, Colin Trovo or something like that. I can't remember. The guy did Jurassic Park. Um, he would be pretty similar to um, the director of Return of the Jedi. Both of them was, had done a few different genres of movies and have been in the mo- Hollywood for years and years now. And, you know. That would have been a weird movie. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of glad they got Abrams back. Is that that would have been a? I guess a director though isn't necessarily a writer. I gotta remember that. Just Jurassic World was kind of the romance and stuff, and that was kind of weird. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Special though, yeah. I mean, the monster and stuff, the action of it was great. But uh, Star Wars doesn't have really big monsters that they utilize in the actual movies now the fiction and stuff does but okay i'm I'm, well i guess in the old movies they did yeah the problem was that they should just have jj on all three movies they should set him with you know him writing or with him co-writing with someone you know and and there you go yeah like luke the lucasfilm story group when you have a story group their job is to make sure that everything is lining up everything is to see consistent consistent with everything that there was the ones that was telling ryan johnson like no go ahead do this crazy ass thing you know don't um, do too many crazy things that's the thing too if you well, they didn't tell him don't do too many crazy things they told him just do whatever you want yeah he lacked imagination then 
aside from the blue cow milk. Mm-hmm. That that was weird. And plus, to me, there was a lot of prop technical problems that you like. Yeah, he's come from more of a background in indie films and you know, smaller budget films and stuff. You know, like Lupin was his highest budget movie, and that was pretty wasn't that big. You know, nowhere near Star Wars right. you know, level. So. Well, we can at least end today's section of the news on a high note for Star Wars for a change. Uh, they are going to have Dave Filoni as an executive producer along with many other talented executive producers in a new animated series, The Bad Batch, which I haven't caught up with the latest season of the Star Wars Clone Wars, but I hear that's based off a batch of clones in there that were kind of genetically defective. Yeah, well, yeah, pretty much, like, each one of them had their own special thing. Like, one guy had super strength. He was, like, super big tank type of guy, and, you know, and had no one that was a genius level, you know, IQ, and another guy had, um, um had X-Bomb tracking and hunting kind of stuff, and, yeah. I hear it's gonna be, uh, I mean, Dave Filoni, because he, he always loved the clones, if, from what I remember from the Clone Wars, like, listening to the outtakes and stuff, is that he was always really excited about, especially the wolf pack, those were his boys, so, you know, and he's wonderful. Anything that he touches in the Star Wars universe is just blessed because he is an actual fan of the stories and actually cares about the stories and the characters and how it affects the Star Wars universe going forward. That'll be nice whenever it's set to come out in 2021 on Disney+, Plus. so hopefully that stays true. But, guys, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time. See ya.